HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. We've been making cheese in Wisconsin since before we were even a state, which may be one reason why we win so many awards for it. It's what happens when a whole state dreams in cheese. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. You're listening to Item 13, an African food podcast, and I'm your host, Yom Akuaku. Every week, we'll delve into the delicious world of African food, including chefs, curators, and bloggers. Here's the show. Welcome to another episode of Item 13. I am thrilled to have Margaret Nyamumbo with me today to talk about all things coffee, all things Kenyan coffee specifically. Um, welcome to the show, Margaret. Thanks for having me. Um, so let's kick this off by having you tell us a little bit about yourself. So um, as much or as little as you want to in terms of like where you were born, um, your, your um, influences growing up. And maybe just a little bit of a teaser as to how you ended up in the coffee space. Yeah, so I grew up in Kenya uh, on my grandfather's coffee farm. So my coffee journey started pretty early. I remember playing in the coffee fields um, and actually eating the coffee berries. So they're like a fruit. Yeah, literally. So you can eat them and like run around the fields. Does that give um, you like super high energy eating the fruit? I mean, when you're a child, you're already like hyper. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure it made it even more intense. Um, so I, ha- I had good memories of uh, being in the coffee field. The only thing that I, um, you know, observed at the time was that um, coffee was not essentially sustaining farmers mm-hmm. um in the you know before the 80s uh my grandparents were educated my you know my parents were educated on coffee it was a lucrative crop cash crop and since the 80s it became less so um and you know farmers have been now getting prices below cost of production um and so you could see how um the decline in prices in coffee really affected um the coffee um community um, back home. So the idea was when you grew up, you ran away as far as possible from coffee. That was not a livelihood. It was not something you desired to, to do, something you just kind of did because it was already happening. But that was not something that was desired. And so my parents were 
um, very, very keen on me going to school, getting an education and getting a desk job. That was the ultimate um, dream, which I did. Um, so I ended up um, doing my college in Kenya, sorry, doing my high school in Kenya and moving over to the U.S. for college. Um, so very, very determined, did my MBA, went to work on Wall Street, a desk job. Uh, but somehow I was drawn back um, into coffee. Um, and the, 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 the point at which that happened was very, very random. Um, I really enjoyed the coffee culture in New York. Um, mm. You know, I survived on coffee um, when I was working, but also just going to coffee shops during the weekend and visiting. So I became very, very interested in the growing movement around specialty coffee right. um, and because Kenya is considered the best coffee in the world objectively actually <laughs> I don't know if you knew that um, it's objectively <laughs> and that's it actually features the highest premium in the coffee market so it's objectively um, considered the best um, it's analogous to French wine um, there's nothing quite ah, like it yeah there's nothing quite like it you can't reproduce Kenyan coffee anywhere else because of the very special microclimate They've tried. <laughs> that is so wild to me because actually, and that's fine. We can zigzag on this conversation here because one of the questions I was going to ask you yeah. was one around, well, this, I, I was actually going to ask you that link between, you know, working on Wall Street coffee culture. And I wondered if part of the New York coffee drinking culture um, brought you back home in, in quotes. But then I um, wanted to understand like how different because i've had people um who who grow roast um and sell ethiopian coffee yeah <laughs> on the podcast who also will claim <laughs> that that is the best or um you know and so wanted to understand that like what what is the and i think you started to touch on it like the micro microclimate like what is unique about kenyan coffee versus Ethiopian coffee or even Ghanaian coffee that I discovered we have like just there's Ghanaian coffee. <laughs> so the, we just yeah, started, the, the, we, I discovered we have Ghanaian coffee a couple of years ago, and that's been that's been what I've been drinking most of the time now. Um, I have different brands of Ghanaian coffee at home. Oh um, no, I actually haven't tasted Ghanaian coffee. I would wanna taste it. Um, so the the I'll tell you the difference. So like I say, Ethiopian is my second um, favorite coffee. <laughs> so after Kenya, Ethiopian is the second favorite. Um, so the differences are, in Kenyan coffee, what makes it really different, um, and if you ask any baristas, coffee corners, so they'll tell you Kenyan coffee is one of, them, you know, one of their favorites, and you can always taste it. In a blind taste, even a new person who's never tasted coffee will be able to tell the Kenyan coffee from all the others, uh, because it's such a, it has a very distinctive taste, right? You can't, like, you can't sell fake Kenyan coffee because people will know <laughs> um, that it's not. Um, and then the part of that is... Um, the microclimate. Um, so we're like located right on the equator. And then we have um, the Indian Ocean right there. And then we have Mount mm -hmm. Kenya. So you have, you know, the altitude. So the coffee is growing at very high altitude next mm -hmm. to Mount Kenya and Mount Kilimanjaro, which is right next to, um, mm -hmm. to the south. And then you have an ocean um, <laughs> there. And then you have the Rift Valley, which you may be f uh, familiar with. It runs mm -hmm. actually from Ethiopia which is an active volcano almost. It's actively separating. So the soil there is very, very rich, right? So, and so those are the three main areas. And then the, uh, the other X factor is the, the varieties that we grow. So a lot of people know Arabica and Robusta right. as like the varieties, but within Arabica, there's like different varieties. Think of like wine and how there's different varietals. Mm -hmm. 
coffee has that as well. So in Kenya, we have something called the SL28. And this variety was developed um, in the 30s, in the 1930s specifically for the Kenyan soil um, and the, to make sure that it doesn't get uh, diseases. So it's disease resistant and also grows perfectly. So you have this um, you know, variety that was specifically developed for that soil, but it also it happens to be one of the most tasty varieties as well. They've tried growing that variety like in Brazil, Colombia. They just, it just doesn't taste the same. Mm, it has to be in that particular soil. Yeah, yeah so that's... And then in terms of what's the difference between Ethiopia and Kenya, the difference there is... So think of Ethiopia as having a lot of like... Because it's the birthplace of coffee, mm-hmm. it has a lot of varieties, a lot of like um, heirloom, a lot of varieties that haven't been produced. So when you think about the rest of the world, they're going off of like... Um, offshoots. So there's like one variety that went around the world and that's what everyone plants. But in Ethiopia, because the, that's where the coffee naturally grows, so everything there is like natural. It's um, indigenous varieties. Interesting. They're not like hybrids yeah, that have been, I you know, see. created, right? right. So those, uh, those indigenous varieties are very, very tasty. And the other thing they do is the processing. So Kenya and Ethiopia process coffee very differently. So in Kenya, we we uh, process it using a method called washed. Okay. In Ethiopia, they process it using a method called uh, natural processing. And the difference there is actually at which point do you remove the seed from the berry? Remember I told you like there's a, it's like a seed it's a berry, yeah. instead of a berry? Mm-hmm. So in, in natural process, you actually put the seed out in the sun for about um, 30 days. And so mm-hmm. all the sweetness from the fruit goes into the seed. So it makes the coffee like very sweet and like aromatic. So it's very, uh, you know, strawberries, Ooh, blueberries. Yeah. So Ethiopian coffees have a very, like, fruity flavor. And in Kenya, we, we use a method called washed, where we re- as soon as we harvest it, we remove the seed. Um, so we don't get that kind of effect of uh, fermentation going into the seed. Yeah. So it's a very, very, like, clean tasting. Um, the only fermentation we do is we ferment that seed overnight for two days. It's called double fermentation. That's another very specific processing method that's in Kenya, not anywhere else. So we ferment it for 12 hours. Um, then we drain the water and like uh, ferment it again. So it's called double fermentation. So you get a very, it's like rinsing out and then putting in clean water. So you get a very, very um, clean and pure taste. Um, and that's something other countries don't really know how to do yet. Um, as well, um, so that's that. That's the reason that uh, you know Kenyan coffee on the world map is uh, fetches some of the highest prices, but also is is world renowned as a, a, a producer of like unique coffees um, around the world. Wow, that's so interesting to me, and I wonder if <laughs> if you know all of this by one virtue of having grown up on a coffee farm and just being around it, or. Mm-hmm when you started your 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 coffee business brand um that you immersed yourself more in that world in terms of educating yourself to understand better like the processing and and actually that's probably my neck around my next question in terms of yeah um so when you decide so you're in you're in new york and i can relate to this so i can picture i can picture you <laughs> in new york on wall street down in tribeca somewhere <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, going to, going to your coffee shops, blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. then it hits you based on all of that experience, you know, like what your, the connection between what you could potentially yep. do. And what is the sort of 
what is that what was that aha moment like and then how do you go from that oh you know i should start a coffee brand or i should you know start a coffee business like there is that people people in new york or in the u.s or whatever don't have yeah. a sense of like what really good coffee is right <laughs> um yeah. So how do you go from that aha moment to building like your brand in terms of how do you think about sourcing and roasting yeah. and the marketing pieces pieces of it and how that all comes together? So I'm in New York um, and I'm thinking, so I used to cover, um, when I was in investment banking, I used to cover retail and CPG companies. Oh, so that okay. was, so I saw brands <laughs> at that scale um, mm. and, and I was kind of invested in brand stories and how they grow. Um, so you're looking at big brands and, and looking at how they started and you're like, oh, wow, they actually started with this idea and then they grew and now they are, you know, on the stock exchange or they are, you know, large uh, private companies. And so that got really me interested in sort of beginnings and how you, how do you start a food movement, right, um, for, from the ground up and build it into something that uh, people drink every day. And how do you use that uh, to influence culture? Because our culture is very influenced by what we eat. And for me, when I looked at the coffee industry, um, what, what surprised me was that I couldn't find Kenyan coffee. Kenyan coffee is not easy to find um, in the U.S. You can't just go into a shop and ask for it. Um, there, isn't, there wasn't a much of it. So I was like, oh, I remember back home, the farmers said, like, there was, you know, they struggled to find a market. Mm. The prices were low. So there was a disconnect between the demand. Where here, you know, there was demand for, like, high-quality specialty coffees, and back home, the farmers were struggling to find a good market for their coffee. And I felt that I understood, um, I understood the coffee value chain quite well. Um, and that was as an extension of growing up there. But also before business school, I worked at the World Bank. Okay. Um, so when I worked at the World Bank, um, my role was essentially looking at um, how we can add value to African exports. Um, and so I became quite familiar. Oh, I see the dots connecting now. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I became quite familiar with, um, with essentially what was happening, where we were losing, because we export a lot of raw materials, where we were losing um, some of that value and where it could be added. So when I went to business school, um, I was thinking that that would be, I wanted to make a difference um, and I wanted to do something to, to really help people. Um, but I felt like, you know, the charity model hadn't really worked. Mm -hmm. um, we needed something that was embedded um, in a sustainable business model. Um, and I felt like, given like what I knew in my skill set, that's something I could bring to the coffee industry um, to, to really start to make a mark first on essentially people understanding that coffee is African. Um, it's originally mm -hmm. from Africa, originally from Ethiopia. And another thing that people don't know, people always say <laughs> coffee, uh, Ethiopia is the birthplace for coffee, but they mean Arabica <laughs> because oh, coffee actually grows naturally. Coffee grows naturally um, all over Africa and especially in West Africa. Um, yeah, it's just that, the variety. that was news to me. Like I, like I told you, I only found out <laughs> two years ago that we have coffee in Ghana, and that was like mind blowing to me. So and, <laughs> I know it surprises people a lot. And I'm actually gonna geek a little bit here, which you might find interesting um, as a West African, because people yeah. don't think of coffee as West Africa. <laughs> so Ethiopia is the birthplace of coffee, but it's actually birthplace of Arabica coffee. That's the variety that was taken around the world and that's planted mm. around the world. But remember, there's other varieties. They've just not been um, 
commercialized. And so in other parts of Africa, coffee grows naturally. It's just not the variety that um, that's commercialized, right? Um, and so and, and the good thing about that is, so recently, because of climate change, uh, Arabica may not be with us for long because it can grow in hotter climate. So in coffee re- research, they're trying to find an alternative. And they actually found an alternative in West Africa. Um, it's a variety that's been growing there in the bush, uh, but they've now discovered it as an alternative to replace Arabica. That is wild. Yeah, so to, wild. to give you an idea. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. So West okay. Africa in the next century might be where it's at. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm here for it. Um, hopefully by that time they figure, although I don't know if I want to live for another couple of hundred years, but... <laughs> and by then I think we should play a bigger role. Yeah. Um, I'm sure like I think a lot is happening in chocolate. So chocolate is a very right. good mm-hmm. approximation for the coffee industry. Mm-hmm. So I've seen the developments in Ghana about... Yeah. starting to own more of the value chain. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and the reason that I'm excited about building uh, Kahawa 1893, and Kahawa means coffee in Swahili, which is what we speak in Kenya. The reason I'm excited, and the reason I named the company Kahawa was I wanted people to know that Kahawa means coffee. The same mm-hmm. way that we know chai means tea. Yeah. I wanted people to really get familiar with like the origins of coffee. Um, and so hopefully, and then to build a global African brand, um, because it's, it's, you know, obviously unbelievable that um, we don't have a global African brand yeah, when we, again. when it coffee is originally from Africa. It's right. like if there wasn't an Italian pasta brand. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> right. It's so wild to me. One, like, yeah, like you make so many good points. One, actually, even before I go there, so yep. your full brand, because I didn't mention it at the top of the interview, your full brand is Kahawa 1983. So Kahawa 18, means 1893. 19, oh, 1893. Yes. Oh, that's even older. So then what does 1893 stand for? Like, good what question. does it signify? Because um, I thought, that's oh, when maybe coffee that's... That's <laughs> when coffee was uh, brought back to Africa. So remember coffee oh. went around the world? So it went from Ethiopia to the Middle East, Europe, and then Europe brought it to Latin America. And then 1893 was brought back to to um, East Africa to be commercially grown there. So that's I where see. 1893 comes from. Interesting. Oh, wow. So, so many tidbits I'm learning today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God it's recorded. Yeah. Um, great. And so you started to touch on this idea of creating a global African brand which yeah. I think is so important, like to have that big vision is so, is so key because, and I've shared this on, on the podcast before, and I think it might ha- actually have been in the conversation with, with Amani, for those who've been listening since day one, with Amani, uh, who also bu- is building an Ethiopian coffee brand, where mm-hmm. it's, um, I just remember having an argument at a dinner party with someone about just even the idea that coffee originates from Africa. I couldn't even believe that it was um, like a point of contention. Because <laughs> yeah. she was like, no, like I go to Starbucks and on, on the Starbucks wall, it's like Brazil or some some random South American country. I'm like, okay, I can tell you for sure. You can look this up. Like do your Googles, people. Yeah. It was just wild to me. Um, so this idea, like what? Tell me more about this idea of creating a global African brand. What does that mean to you specifically? And what would that mean for um, not just your business, but the yeah. the industry, let's just say, specifically 
back at home in Kenya? Yeah, so for me, um, when I kind of look at, when I looked at the industry and how I could make a difference, I saw, um, again, going back to my work at the World Bank, um, I realized that a lot of the value that happens in coffee, so coffee is a $100 billion industry, but do you know how much of that value farmers get? I'm, I'm, af- I'm afraid to even ask. <laughs> less than 1%. No. Uh... <laughs> so farmers capture less than 1% of it, um, of $100 billion. And remember, the industry is nothing without farmers. And within the farming, um, within the farming industry, especially in Africa, guess where the labor comes from? Ninety percent of the labor is coming from women. <laughs> yeah, that that is not surprising to me. So for me, when I thought about women empowerment, mm-hmm. I was, and I think about how can we, you know, empower women. Part of it is how do we think of you know something like coffee making sure you're bringing that value back to the people that make it possible. And so my first point was, you know, when we created the brand, uh, we started off with um, a fund, like a women's fund, where Mm -hmm. we give a portion of our profits to go back to the farmers, to the women farmers. Um, Because, um, and you might be familiar with this, um, land issue. So in Kenya, they say 90% (laughs) of the labor comes from the women, but they don't own the land, the men own the land. So when the, the women do all the work on the farm, they do all the processing labor, mm-hmm. the men take it from then, like export it. And then the, when the money comes, um, all that money goes to the men. And the women are left sort of kind of yeah. not really in a position to take, just to, you know, to celebrate all the hard work that they put in. And, but still, as you know, in African households, women are still the ones that have, have to feed the household. Right, yeah. <laughs> right, so... It was, so I was trying to think, this is personal experience, personal observation, right? Mm-hmm. And to look at what exactly has worked. I don't know, did you grow up in Ghana at all? Or? Yes, yeah, I grew okay. up in Ghana. So I, I, only, I moved here for college at 18 or 19. Okay, cool. So similar. So and what I observed had made a difference uh, was um, this thing called table banking. It's where women form groups of like 30 to 50. And the reason it's called table banking is you sit around a table, sometimes it's called merry-go-round, and then... Because the women are unbanked, they don't have a bank, they don't have any mm. assets, right? So they can't get any loan, right, for their business or anything. Yeah. So they actually bank themselves. So they get into groups of 30 and everyone, like, gives a certain amount, you know, $10 or a dollar, and it becomes, like, you know, $100. And now they give $100 to one person, and that person uh, uses that money as a loan to use for their business or to develop their farm, and then they repay back. And then they give to the next person. So that goes around. So my first point of uh, impact was, oh, what about if we add it to that part? So we're not introducing any new complex yeah. program that needs program management and, you know, <laughs> right. all that. Yeah. Uh, we're saying, look, you guys already have this part. It has $100. What if we put in another $100? Interesting. So that way, like, you can give two women. What if yeah. we put another $100? You can give three women. So that's really how we started. And then I thought about, oh, the problem with the coffee value chain is not, um, is not even, um, you know, specifically to with what's happening within a company. A lot of it is like we're not paying enough money for coffee. Mm, yeah. <laughs> we're underpaying, right? Yeah. So consumers are willing to pay. The, the, the market just hasn't given them, a, 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 you know, a mechanism, right? So how, can, how about we give customers an opportunity to, you know, make that difference, right? 
and, and give directly to that pot. So we came up with a tipping mechanism. So in the back of our bags, there's a QR code, you tip it, you, you scan it, and you can give directly to that pot. Um, and then you can actually, we even have like a way for you to do Bitcoin if you want it or crypto. Oh, and then, yeah, and then you t- fancy. <laughs> I know, it's pretty cool. Um, and then the reason that crypto was interesting is because of the application for, you know, tipping small amounts. And we had a vision of bringing that to the coffee shop. So when you tip your barista, what if you tip like a dollar for each, for every dollar, 20 cents goes to the farmer, right? So that's the vision, uh, future vision. Uh, but <laughs> so we now have this pot of money and we double it. We, um, we, you, we take, if you give $5, we double it, um, becomes $10 and we give back to the women. Um, and it's so wonderful. The impact that we've seen there, um, you know, That's, that, the, yeah. that the women have, especially during this pandemic, but also like they're now having projects. So they've built new, you know, new businesses that they can support themselves. They are actually empowering themselves. And having this part of money is like helping them uh, invest in their future. So very, very bullish on, uh, on on that model of like, how can we use coffee and be able to get the value of it and bring that value back to producers? That's one. And the second part um, to your question around um, why, the, why is it important that we become a global mm-hmm. African brand? Um, as you know, part of, part of development is, uh, is narrative. Um, and the narrative around... Um, around Africa sometimes isn't the most positive or isn't the most um, up-to-date. And so for us to be able to present um, this crop that everyone's reliant on, coffee, and present that as, you know, something that Africa is at the top of, mm-hmm. um, I, I find that really, really interesting um, to be able to feature in conversations or have people start their day with this um, this view that, oh, wow, this coffee is coming from Africa and to really change the narrative around um, kind of how we think about Africa, even in a small way. Yeah, I agree. And, and I, like to actually to your point about even in a small way is so important, right? I think yeah. we were talking offline, <laughs> yeah. you know, before you know, before we came on about, you know, how I even started this podcast. And for me, it was more just the day-to-day conversations I was having in the banking space in particular with, with um, co-workers or clients who, um, you know, I worked at a global bank and you'd think that, <laughs> they you would know, know. <laughs> right. And, and so when you think about that population, then you extrapolate that to like the rest of the population in terms of like what they know about Africa or African food. Yeah. And so then I started doing, you know, in my own little way, you know, trying to tell the stories of African food entrepreneurs the yeah. podcast was born and so on and so forth. And so I think if, if all of us in the ecosystem do what we call in our own little way, there's, there's that. It's called soft um, power. It's a yeah. form of soft power. It's like yes. we don't have the military, but we can kind of <laughs> use soft power to influence yeah. perceptions. Um, yes. So that's, isn't it? And coffee, I think, is a very powerful one because it yeah. touches almost everyone. Absolutely. So I think it's a very powerful <laughs> yeah, I agree. medium. <laughs> okay, so we're going to, I think this is a good time to take a break. Um, when we come back, we will talk a little bit about your product line, the different kinds of coffee blends you have. I think we'll do a little bit of coffee education. <laughs> okay. Um, which you started a little bit, you know, telling us about the unwashed um, versus naturally 
No, that's the same. Nat you tell us all about naturally that. Naturally processed. Like Washed yeah. versus naturally processed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk a, a little bit about that. Um, and then we'll also touch on the big new, the headline that drew my attention to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then um, we'll talk a little bit about, we, ta- we started talking about that, about your big vision for, you know, Oh, 1893 in terms of like what you see for the brand this year and going forward and then we'll wrap up as usual with a rapid fire segment so we'll take a quick break and we will be right back this episode is brought to you by wisconsin cheese there's a reason when you think of wisconsin you think cheese cheese is a huge part of wisconsin's history and future In Wisconsin, the state of cheese, the tradition of cheesemaking excellence began 180 years ago, before Wisconsin was recognized as a state. Immigrants traveled to settle in this lush, green hills of Wisconsin, bringing their cheesemaking traditions with them. These storied skills combined with the freshest milk available created a cheesemaking culture that is uniquely Wisconsin. Wisconsin's 1,200 cheesemakers, many of whom are third and fourth generation, continue to pass on old-world traditions while adopting modern innovations in cheesemaking craftsmanship. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. So we're back. Um, We're going to dive into some coffee education but actually before we do that let's wrap up what we're talking about in terms of your brand so actually and that might lead us into the coffee education piece i want to talk about your product line so let people know like what that what do you sell on your website um kahawa 1893 what what um coffee blends do you sell and i also know you do coffee subscriptions so yeah tell the people and we just we just uh, got um Listed on uh, by Bon Appetit as one of the best coffee subscriptions in the country. Yay! Look uh, at you. Yeah, so it's a good it's a good option. Um, so the awesome. way that I think about our products as well is we have um, single origins and then we have blends. Um, and so for single origins, um, if that's uh, something that you're new to, it basically means that the coffee comes from a single place. Um, so let's say it comes from Kenya. It comes from a very specific farm or cooperative. Blends are when we take coffee and we mix it together. Um, so we take coffee from Kenya and coffee from Colombia. Because they have different flavor profiles, we mm. mix them together to produce something that's even better. Um, so that's what board blends are. Um, and in terms of our uh, product line, um, we've essentially made it very easy um, for you know, people to enjoy you know, coffee depending on how they like it. So we have the single origins, which are very distinct flavors. So if you want to try Kenyan, Ethiopia, Rwanda, um, Malawi, so we have coffee from different parts of Africa. Mm. And they all have very distinct tastes, depending on how they process them, depending on the microclimate. So we have different options. So if you like very fruity, um, fruity coffee, naturally processed, we have some from Ethiopia. If you like your coffee, um, you know, more blackcurrant flavors, that's Kenya. Um, If you like something even smoother, we have something from Rwanda. And then the next thing we do is we uh, have blends. So we have like espresso, we have decaf. um, And then in terms of strength, so espresso and decaf are just roast roast types. They're roasted to be um, used for a specific purpose. So espresso is regular coffee Mm -hmm. uh, beans, but then we roast it um, so that it can be um, brewed under pressure. 
uh, because when you brew coffee with an espresso machine, it's under pressure. Mm. So if there's any defects or any anything that's kind of pronounced, it's going to come out. Um, and that's usually a problem. So when you're roasting espresso, you have to roast it a certain way. And then um, we have uh, light roast and then medium roast and dark roast. Yeah, tell us and the difference what all between that, that means. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the roast level, any coffee can be roasted to any roast level. Mm. But the secret is <laughs> um, people used to think that like the really dark roast, the ones that are almost burnt, you use all your like lower quality bins because no one's going to tell the oh. difference because they're burnt. <laughs> Um, so what happens in specialty coffee is you find a lot of the coffees are like roasted uh, light roast and medium roast. So if mm. a coffee is light roast, it has to be such high quality for it to be oh, roasted at light. So because you can, you'll be able to tell if there's any defects, right? And then on the on the medium roast, I personally love medium roasts because they give you the like you get the origin taste. So you're able to be mm. like when I taste a coffee, you can be like this is a Kenyan. Um, but then it still has a roasting flavor. So the more you roast, so light roast is like you roast it for a very short time. Um, think of like steak. <laughs> oh, so you have the rare steak and the well done, mm, right? That's a good analogy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good analogy. So light roast is like rare. And then medium is like medium, you know, well done and then well done. That's really it. Um, so depending on how much you roast it and they all have different flavors. So medium has a bit of the original coffee flavor and a little bit of the roasting. Light mm. roast has... A lot more of like the it's almost like you're drinking you 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 like really taste um the farm you'll taste like all the you know the coffee types um the dark roast it's just you it's a so the roast are you, are you yeah. telling us to stay away from dark roast no i actually dark roast is one of our favorite i was gonna say dark roast is one of our favorite it's actually one of our best sellers Okay. um and the reason that the reason that our dark roast is is very popular is we don't burn it Okay, so we, we roast it to a level where you get all that, like, you know, you get the, the coffee taste. Like, you know, when you when you are like, I'm drinking coffee, <laughs> um, but we don't burn it. Um, so it's not bitter at all. You can drink our dark roast without milk, which is rare. Because oh, usually wow. dark roast, you have to That's... put a lot of milk to, like, get rid of the bitterness. <laughs> wow. But dark okay. roast gonna, is I'm, like... I'm, def- I'm going to, like I said, like I have a whole, like, thing of coffee. So I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm definitely going to try your coffee. I'll let you know how different I feel levels. about that dark roast. We probably have, sure. like, a flight of different levels. Um, but yeah, yeah, so our dark roast that. is one of our most popular. So let's say, um, when you think about, like, Starbucks is very dark. Pete's is very dark. So we are... And that's usually what most people are used to, that level of darkness. But we've taken that... Um, and we've roasted it um, in a way that it's not bitter. Um, so you, you get, you feel like you're drinking a really high quality. So we use high quality, we use the same beans, high quality beans for light roast and dark roast. Um, so it's really a preference of taste. So if you okay. like, like your coffee like very bold and smoky, then dark roast. <laughs> if you like your coffee like more delicate tea-like, then you do light roast. Actually, speaking of tea, like I saw on your website when I was yeah. looking that you mm-hmm. have tea bags. What looks like coffee tea bags. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I, yes. I didn't know how to say it. Like coffee tea bags. <laughs> yes. So that's a wild, product but... that um, actually um, I was when I uh, I'll tell you the, the the why behind that product. Um, mm. So when I started coffee, um, specialty coffee. Even I was kind of new to it, you know, because um, mm. I wasn't that deep into well, the, the specialty coffee culture was very um, secluded. Um, I, there was a bit of snobbishness to it. Like you had to know certain terms. 
You have to know the vocabulary. You have to know these little intricacies to be welcomed into it, right? And uh, still, a lot of people are like kind of it's it's a it's distance. Like you have to know um, to, to, yeah, <laughs> to right. really even, enjoy even it. The, you know, there's so many spoofs. Like even 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 the way you order at Starbucks. Like there's so many spoofs about that and how exclusionary that can feel. Also, you know? <laughs> yes. So the funny thing happened is I, when I started it, and that was the thing where people were like, um, like you know, black people don't sell coffee. Like, how are you gonna be successful? <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> like, yeah, coffee is like for like white people to sell. So that was another thing that I thought was interesting. So I was very keen on making coffee inclusive. Um, so I remember gifting my friend a bag of coffee when I started, and then I went to visit her uh, like a few t- a few weeks later. She hadn't she hadn't brewed it. I was like, why are you not enjoying the coffee? She's like, I don't know how to do it. And then <laughs> she wow. had put it, she had, and then I was like, oh, let's make coffee. Let's make it now. And then she took the coffee, the coffee beans, and put them into a pour-over. I don't know if you know a pour-over. Corn. Oh, like, the, like actual, make. the actual, this is coffee beans, not ground. Yeah, before grinding oh, wow. them. And she was about to pour water on them. And I told her, <laughs> like, you know you have to grind. She's like, I don't know. <laughs> mm. I don't know these things. <laughs> yeah, she did not actually, know that. Mm. And so that wow. really, to me, I realized, yeah. oh, like, for me to be able to introduce people to, even tell them that Kenyan coffee is good, I have to basically introduce mm. them to specialty coffee to begin with. Um, and so I was trying to f- find a way to do that in a single-serve format. And um, so the, the single-serve is actually coffee that's, you know, our coffee, we take it, it's ground, it's ready to go, all you got to do is add water. Um, and yeah, you that, get I such a great that taste. Like, that is so genius. So yeah, genius. and and you like, get you get a high quality cup. It's almost like sometimes like better than you would get um you know at a coffee shop because like you already know the quality of it. So yeah, so that's how. And then like also you know farmers, some farmers have never tasted their coffee, so I brought it back to the farmers. And now every that time is, I go back, they're like, well, "Bring us those, bring us that coffee you brought us." <laughs> that is, you know, and that's one of those interesting things where, um, yeah. like, a couple of episodes ago, I spoke yep. to um, if we're the Canadian African, and we were talking about the actually we're talking because you were talking about Ghanaian chocolate. We're talking about the cocoa value chain. Mm-hmm. And how, like, a farmer breaks his back for years and years and years and has never mm-hmm. tasted, who's never tasted chocolate before. Not that yeah. he needs chocolate, you know, to survive, but it's like, yeah. there's no, like, it, they don't you produce just do it, it there, and, yeah. Yeah, it's there, just there's like, no and way. it goes yeah. out and that's it. Have so, no, that, yeah, that's, like, it's the same thing. Like, in, in Kenya, the coffee culture wasn't there we drank tea we grew up on tea that's another thing we didn't even talk about culturally mm-hmm. we drink tea so coffee was just for export um so for a long time um it was even illegal so like the british made it illegal to to like roast coffee <laughs> locally or even oh, wow. like drink it yeah so for a long time uh, up until the 80s is when like they you know after we got independence they changed the constitution these colonization things again with like all of it. I mean <laughs> we I need know hours we don't have like hours right it's yeah. just so wild. that's why the coffee culture um so people always ask me um you know what's the coffee culture in Kenya and I'm like we're just we're developing it now um mm. You know, there's coffee shops that are starting to show up. People are really getting into it. But my generation, uh, we grew up on tea. Um, yeah. Interesting. Well, 
Um, I want to talk about your packaging, but I'll come back to that. I want to wrap up this because we're talking about roasting. Yeah. Just so it's clear for people in terms of like how you source, how you roast, because you talk about like we roast, we roast. So do you have a roastery? Like how? Yeah, I'm, so I'm sure because you're based in. So for people that don't know, you're based in San Francisco. You're based in in the U.S. in California. Yeah. So tell us about that. So sourcing, roasting, and then how it eventually gets to market. Yeah. So the coffee is, um, you know, grown in Africa, processed, harvested there. It's almost done, um, really. You know, ninety percent of it is done in Kenya, mm-hmm. and then when it arrives here, because it's a fresh product, as soon as you roast it, it starts to um, age. So that's why we don't roast currently in Africa because okay. it will take too long. By the time it gets here, it's old. Um, so we have to roast here. So we roast like everything freshly roasted, um, and yeah. And then we distribute, you know, we are in Trader Joe's, we'll soon be in Target and Fresh Market. Yeah. Uh, but we, we also are online. So for online customers, we roast and ship immediately uh, from, from our um, facilities here. Okay, so you own, do you own your roasting facilities? Because when I've had people... No, we, like we rent. Other, okay. No, no, no. It's don't, yeah, like, yeah. it's beginnings, right? You, you do what you need to do. Oh, yeah, I just wanted yeah, to be clear on that. Because... It wouldn't be wise for us at this point to take on that <laughs> right. much capital investment. Yeah, yeah um, And exactly. also, uh, you know, coffee is, uh, is a very advanced industry, obviously, so... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of services to support it, right? Um, so yeah, there's, it's, it's really that's why it's um, it's one of the easier businesses to start. Yeah. Um. Since you brought it up, yeah. Let's talk about Trader Joe's. I have you. You just sort of slipped it in there, and I need to like say it clearly for everyone <laughs> that's listening. Yes. That Margaret is Margaret and Kawana, 1893. I keep saying 1893. 1893. This is mm-hmm. the first black and woman-owned coffee brand to launch in Trader Joe's. Yeah. That is a major achievement. I think that needs a pause and a clap and a snap of fingers. <laughs> <laughs> All of that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You just like she's just like, oh, and we're in Trader. Like that's a big deal. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's been a while now. I feel like the the honeymoon. So the honeymoon is <laughs> the honeymoon. Is, you know, <laughs> the first month it was so exciting. Every time I went shopping to Trader Joe's, so like Trader Joe's is like my local grocery, so I'm like there, mm-hmm. you know all the time that's, so yeah, I remember the first week was very exciting but now I just go and buy my groceries and like and sometimes I don't even like make it but it was that's a wonderful achievement and I think it's you know you're doing the things you need to do to meet like your objective right of becoming yeah um uh, a global brand um I don't think we have time, and you know what? I I I've been telling people now, like we're getting to the point where, like, I, I need to have a live show because <laughs> like an hour is not enough for everybody I speak to to delve into all the details I want because I want to delve into the details of it and how all of that happened, but we don't have the time to do that. But I just want one wanted to congratulate you on that. Thank and you. And then two. I just wanted to get your perspective on what you think it means for others in the retail space. And then maybe you can also talk about packaging because I was going to ask about that because your packaging is outstanding. So I can imagine like it's standing out even even at Trader Joe's, right? So yeah. um, if, you, if you can tell us, um, there's and a, we have a new whole bags bunch of things for... wrapped, wrapped up into this. Uh, oh, but yeah, what do you, you think it means? Uh... And then yeah. like the packaging piece. 
Yeah, and we have um, salt tackle. Yeah, so the Trader Joe's um, was, you know, I shopped there all the time. And, you know, this was the first time they're bringing in um, a branded product in coffee. Usually they only sell nice. private label. They only sell their coffee. So I did, that was not even a place I was thinking that we would launch. Because <laughs> yeah, they, they, they don't sell other brands there for coffee. So it was, um, you know, for me to, be, to go to a place where I shop every day and to see the brand there. Um, it's very, very exciting, but also distribution. So being able to remember right. when I said the women needed a market. Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. us, being able to bring coffee um, to, you know, as many people as possible and introduce them to the brand, um, it really makes um, the impact even larger. So it's actually the, the since we've gotten Trader Joe's, um, the tips that we've gotten from there are what's enabled the women to now invest in a, in a project, the project I was talking about. They're actually investing mm-hmm. in a maize mill uh, oh, where, they, wow. where they process maize. So right now they have to yeah. walk many hours to the nearest maize mill. Um, and so they're like, then they, 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 uh, they, they requested this. So like I asked them, what do you guys want to do with what the do money? They yeah. And they were like, we, we, have, we have an idea. We are going to have a maize mill so that we can, you know, not have to walk too long, serve the community, have mm-hmm. jobs for the women here and like yeah. invest in the future. So that was, you know, going to the and getting those tips enable that project. And then and now you know, we're, we're going to launch more stores, really bring that coffee to more people. It it's, gives us an opportunity again to uh, increase the impact that we have yeah, on the ground. Uh, so very, very excited about that. On the packaging, we actually have other more, um, more new more bags. I don't know if you've seen them uh, for probably on Instagram. I put them on Instagram, but they also yeah, the on our website. So those are the ones we're going to launch yeah, in um, in in retail when we when we do other stores. Um, and so I think for us the story there is we want it to. Um, you know, just share oh, yeah, the colorful. A lot of it is oh, like I'm colorful African. You. I'm looking at the new, the new, the new bags packaging. at the bottom of so the cool. website. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So because of the, we're we're gonna have more varieties out there. Um, as you can see, we have the Kenyan, the Ethiopian, the Serengeti. We won't be able yeah. to differentiate them on the shelf. <laughs> That's right. So yes, that, um, yeah. But but yeah, the the goal there was to have something that um, celebrated the you know the vibrancy of our colors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and also to celebrate for us um, in Kenya, a big, the safari. Um, it's like something yeah. that we're big on, <laughs> um, the landscape. That so, cool. um, so that yeah. that's really what that is. It's like celebrating um, the, the 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 beautiful landscape, the beautiful colors and patterns. Um, and I think for me in the future, what I want to do is like, I want to celebrate African artists. So in the future, I want to have like African artists ba- on the bag, African art uh, on I the bag as well. I could see that being so cool, right? And you could have like QR codes so people could scan and like buy the art, like it could be. I know, I could so see. cool. I didn't even think of that. You just came up with that idea and now you are... I was just um, like, oh, like that's all, you know, you're doing blockchain, I'm doing QR codes, we're just like... Yeah, because then you're right, that's actually a good way (laughs) to bring art. Um, Because I've been thinking of, like, again, back to this narrative, this big picture of Mm -hmm. bringing African culture to the global, um, to to the global, you know, marketplace, um, and then celebrating what really makes it. um, So, you know, 
so diverse. So I, I, I like that. I, I was actually looking yeah. at some uh, African artists. So if you have any ideas of artists you love, let me know. <laughs> yeah, I can. And then um, also offline, uh, we can talk yeah. about sourcing um, Kahawa for um, somehow getting it into Ghana. But that's like a whole other uh, conversation. <laughs> yeah, people have been asking about Kenya. People have been like, yeah. I'm going to Kenya, where can I buy it? And can you imagine we're not in Kenya yet? But next year. Um, wow. Definitely. Yeah, next year. This is all part of your big... I want to put it, I think a good place for us is probably should putting it in like at least the airports. Um, right. You know, yeah. and then in local yeah. as well. Um, so you, you literally reading my mind because that was my next question for you in terms of like what's next for you this year and beyond. You, you also just slipped in Target like quietly, but I want you to shout it loud. <laughs> Target is also <laughs> on the we'll be in your list soon. Uh, so Target yeah. is also you know another iconic brand um, that, as you know, has its really really um, amazing lineup of products so we're really mm-hmm. uh, happy to be part of that at target family awesome. as well soon and then fresh market which is a grocery store that's across the country as well so looking forward to um, bringing kahawa there as well great and then before we transition to rapid fire can you let people know like where they can find you online where they can find you on social media one Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at kahawa1893.com. Kahawa, that's K-A-H-A-W-A, 1893. Um, if you Google yeah. Kahawa1893 coffee, it's going to come up. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I will share the links spelling. also. Yeah, I will share yeah. the links also for everyone. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's dive into the rapid fire questions really quick. Um, it's funny that this came up in our conversation, but I'm going to ask you. <laughs> yeah. Um, Coffee or tea, if you had to pick one? Coffee, obviously, but before, um, before, see, I found, before Kahawa, see, I, was, I would have said tea. Before Kahawa, me. I would have said tea. But now that I've actually, yeah. I have a coffee brand that I roast coffee to a level that I like. Yeah, yeah now I'm actually a, a coffee drinker, which is funny because even in college, I was drinking tea because I thought the, the coffee was like bitter. Um, so yeah, coffee any day, (laughs) coffee is a lifestyle. Um, It's not a, it's not a drink. (laughs) (laughs) Um, if you had to pick between more money or more free time, what would you pick? What was the first more what? More money or more free time? Free time. Although, I mean, (laughs) what do you do with it? Uh, yeah, I feel like right. you need a good mix. You need enough to be able to pl- use use your time in a pleasurable way. But uh, I think beyond a certain threshold of like having the basics, rent covered, um, time time to enjoy life will be is better for me. <laughs> yeah, it's better. I agree. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, if you could live on one dish for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh my God, this is a tough one. Um, <laughs> oh my, I was going to say, um, I think I actually love plantains. I feel like Yay. that's, a, oh, that's, that's one that's thing that I can make it. I can make it in different formats. You can fry it. You can, um, mm-hmm. in Kenya, we make a stew. We like to make it as a stew. You can yeah. make chips out of it. Uh, you can make dessert out of it. Um, 
So if I was to pick one, follow, I'm sure you follow. I'm sure you follow her, but Kelly Lily out in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly Lily NYC is her handle. I think she does all things plantain. Oh, cool! I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. So that's and she one was thing. Also, like I feel like everybody I talked to is also previous. But she also used to work at Goldman. <laughs> oh really? Oh cool. <laughs> Look! Look um, at you yeah, creating this whole ex ex finance food people. <laughs> right? I love it. I feel like we need our own um, right? WhatsApp. <laughs> right? You know what? That's a good idea. We need, we need our, our new idea. our own WhatsApp yeah. so we can chat. Check um, about our war stories. Um, and the fun yeah, fact so is, my my village where I grew up. Um, mm-hmm. we're actually known for, for plantains in Kenya like that's where oh. our reputation is when we grow like very interesting varieties so like the bananas here these are not bananas yeah the, var- oh, yeah. the plantain varieties <laughs> that we grow there right. you, can ner- you can become nerdy about plantain var- you know varieties the way you're not at about coffee interesting <laughs> yeah interesting Oh, cool. I, I mean, I learned so much from you today. <laughs> In some <laughs> oh way, God, I didn't I even so. expect to. <laughs> no, this was great. Thank you so much for your time. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you. Um, I learned a lot of new things today that I'm going to take away with me. I'm glad. Um, I'm glad we could. Yeah, I was I'm, going I'm, into I'm this. So, I was like, I don't know what I have to say. I have like, I yeah, hope. You know, I hope because <laughs> I've told this story so many times that I'm like, okay. Right. I hope there's new yeah, information, but like once we start talking, I'm just like very passionate yeah, <laughs> about random I, stuff. <laughs> and I think it came through. I um yeah, it's just I I'm so excited for you. Like I'm excited for where you've been so far and where you're going to go. And I think you're going to add to this story of um what African foods will do in terms of I feel like changing the world sounds like superfluous and facetious in some ways, but I think so. It does. I, I mean, coffee so. already changed, though. I don't know if you know that coffee changed the trajectory of history, right? Wait, um, in what way? In um, the French Revolution was powered by coffee. The Arab Revolution before that um, was powered by coffee. Colonization was powered by coffee. Yeah, coffee is actually a key part of how the world works. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. look at you then, also adding to, <laughs> to, to history in your own way. <laughs> yeah, so coffee is a big part of where coffee goes. It's like where the world goes. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a literal addition yeah. to making the world different. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. Thank you so much, Margaret. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Item 13, an African food podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. To keep up to date, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Item 13 Podcast. Item 13 is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. 
Heritage Radio Network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.